Good morning. Good morning. Blah, 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 blah. Good morning. Good morning to you. Okay, that was my mic. Okay. No, do not spill. Do not spill stuff. We we squeeze the juice. We don't spill the tea in our show. We squeeze the juice. Exactly. Exactly. We squeeze two juice. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of pimples. <laughs> oh, shut up. No, I'm talking about me too. Teasing. <laughs> oh, look at there's my fire extinguisher. I gotta stop. Oh, I'm telling you, I cannot wait to have my office. I cannot wait. Oh, it's going to be so sweet. Adriano, do you hear her? Adriano, do you hear her? He's not here. <laughs> Probably a good idea. He is not here. How are you? I'm doing okay, as usual. Just rolled out of bed, but I feel fabulous. Good. Have you been up for like three hours? Three? Yeah, three hours. No, I was up uh, an hour ago. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I'm just going to, I'm sitting on my couch right now. I'm going to sit on the floor on my meditation cushion and see if I can get comfy. Absolutely. I was chatting with my, my girlfriend whose name shall be kept anonymous. Yes. He's at the hospital right now. Um, cause she's pregnant and she was supposed to have her baby try to be turned. Okay. I wonder if you know these things. Okay, so I know about the, the head. The head didn't turn down towards the vagina, so it. Yeah, I I know my shit. <laughs> I'm such a. <laughs> I know my, I know my pussies. <laughs> you just don't know your boobies. Yeah, I just don't know my boobies, but I know my pussies. Okay, okay, fair enough. So yeah. so they had to have her in today because she's due in a couple weeks to see if they could turn the baby. And ladies out there, I can't imagine how uncomfortable that must be. I mean, I've never had kids myself. But to be that big and have hands on, like, try to turn. So apparently, anyway, long story short, baby wouldn't turn. Um, apparently, her her butt's, like, right up in her pelvis. So it's not happening. So a C-section's going to have to be Yikes. scheduled. But anyway, just li- literally text. She sent me a, a very beautiful photo of her in a mask and a gown. And- oh, my <laughs> God. The new norm. Uh, right? Is the baby going to come out with a mask too? I know. <laughs> right? All the pandemic babies. And those, the poor babies, they're going to be called pandemic babies for the rest of their lives. Coronials. Exactly. That too. Pandemic baby, coronial, like, oh, oh my goodness. Well, and speaking of masks, like yesterday, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it's just, I, it still gets me. For example, I was just about to walk into a grocery store yesterday and there was a mother with her two kids. And the first thing she said, do you have your masks? Make sure you put your masks on, put your masks on. Like, you know, those kinds of things that are just, and we've talked about this numerous times. And I talk about this with my friends that have kids, but like mm-hmm. how, how this developmentally will be on children as they grow older. And that was like, know. when they were little, like, I don't know. It's yeah. Anyway. Well, even like, again, like my best friend, Marcella and her daughter, Isabel, and having to condition her and she's under three years old that she is unsure she should hug people or not. Like how inhumane is that? Like keeping distance and stuff from cousins and your friends. Yeah. It's just so sad. And there's such formative years too, for this to be happening. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I know. Well, 
you know, that's not really like a decent segue or anything, but I just feel no. like <laughs> at the time because I know <laughs> we, and that's why Hero and I have a new segment called The Last Sip because we tend to do this and keep talking and talking, and then the guest pops on. We're like, oh, oh, wait. Yeah, we have a guest this morning. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I just love how, how Rachel, in the moment you said, nah, I don't really like that. And then all of a sudden, now we call it the last sip. <laughs> I guess because I thought of it, it sounded almost like, what did, like, what did I say? The last supper. Yeah, That's yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, eh, but it works. It, works. it does work. It does work. So our guest this morning is someone that I'm really excited to talk to, just like all of our other guests. And they are known as Nick Peters Bond, or shall I say Chef Nick Peters Bond. He is our second guest that we've had on the show that is from the franchise and hit reality show Hell's Kitchen. And he is a two-time Hell's Kitchen star. He was on season 14 and season 17. And 17 was the All-Stars edition. So he's got a lot of a lot of knowledge of the food industry from the reality side and also from the professional side. Um, he's also been on, I think, Chopped Sweets, if I'm not mistaking myself. And he's also been on other productions in television and is very well known within his community, as well as being part of the queer community, a husband and a father, which is yeah. absolutely adorable. And he is very public about it on his social media channels. Um, Rachel, feel free to fill in additional things because I know that you do the nitty gritty. <laughs> a l- just not like super nitty gritty, but a little bit because, you know, we we do pride ourselves in having these raw, like unscripted conversations where we can just open and open the chat up to you know, more than just what you typically hear. So I've, you know, with that being said, um, I did look a little bit into him and there was the cutest video that he did recently with his daughter baking cookies. Yes. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah, actually that might've been, was it Valentine's Day? It might've been. And then also the one where he surprises her with a kitty. Oh, I didn't see that. That's on this Instagram. It's so cute. But I love it (laughs) because she keeps like, he's like, so what's your favorite color for cookie? And she's just like, this one (laughs) (laughs) so so he also has he owns a catering company which you know during the pandemic times i'm not sure um how how that's going we'll get to ask him those questions he's in massachusetts um so three hours ahead of us um i haven't heard of that province (laughs) (laughs) very funny um so yes his catering company is called kitchen to aisle catering um that he i believe he co-owns uh with with a partner and um yeah and he's just he's doing a lot of like he's got a youtube channel now and and actually because he's been announcing this he is a um you don't want to say contestant he's he's competing i guess you should say for a contest right now um did you know about this hero Okay, so the contest is, and he'll probably be on any second here, which he can tell us more about it, but uh, I thought it might be on his link tree on his mm-hmm. Instagram. Um, he can tell us more. Anyway, there's a contest he's being a part of, and I believe he, uh, he gets to be a part of a really big magazine, and I, now it's escaping me as to what the magazine is, but there's a spread in a magazine. Food What's, and wine? No, uh, not Bon Appetit. It's like something like that. Uh, yeah, okay. Plus $20,000. and. Ooh. And to be known as, you know, America's, um, almost like America's, America's sweetheart chef. Like, yes, yes. So that's going on. And I think you can actually vote for that starting today. Amazing. We definitely got to plug the oh. shit out of that. 
love that for sure. Um, you know, and so there's just something so humble and sweet about Nick, you know? Yes. As we connected with him, like he's been really interactive even with our posts lately. And like, there's yes. just, I, I'm really looking forward to speaking with him because I, I get this just really like, like wholesome, beautiful vibe. So I'm super stoked. And, you know, what I think we really want to do is what we do with all of our guests is really get to know him a little bit on a deeper level, because I know even an interview I watched that he did in December, not to not to poo-poo other people that are talking to these reality TV people or anybody, but it was all the questions were about Hell's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. But I, I think we want to know a little bit more. more. Yeah. We do. we do, for sure. And even if we, you know, talk about Hell's Kitchen a little bit in this um, recording with him, you know, I, I don't need to know about the show. I want to know about, like, his personal experiences and the stuff that he took from those experiences as opposed to, like, production and what was this like and, you know... Of course, I'm curious to know what it's like to work with, you know, Gordon Ramsay and Christina Williamson, who I would love to have on the show one day, you know, but it's a, it's about the connection about what do they take from the experience as opposed to, you know, give us a dish on so-and-so. Like, I don't care about that. Well, and how he's grown since then. So he's, it's interesting because like with Mary Lou, I mean, she's currently on the show yeah. with uh, Chef Nick. I mean, he, it's been a f- couple of years now since he was on season 17. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how, what's, what's happened in between yeah. now and then and being on two seasons. I mean, that's really cool too. So and two seasons relatively close together, which is also interesting because some oh. people that go on shows are, um, they're has-beens, right? They, they, or they're established after being on the show first, and then they really start to flourish and they come back on the show. And sometimes your performance on the show is not as strong as it once was. That's true. So That's it's really true. interesting to kind yeah. of see that. How, again, how has that affected performance and how has that affected the public eye of their um, personal brand and their professional um, status? Absolutely. And, and then once again, like we've been asking pretty much all of our guests just because in such strange times still, you know, how has their um, career, what's going on right now with their career? Are they pivoting to different things, especially being in the restaurant industry and food and with catering? I mean, the events are not really happening, although it depends on where you live because in Canada, they're not really, they're not happening, but in some of the States, I mean, there's still, I think they're still happening in some certain States. Yeah. And certain parts of the certain parts of the world where, um, COVID is not as rampant and where the variants are not being traveled or contracted to and stuff, you know? Yeah. So, and I think also some people are just doing it, even though they know they're not supposed to, and they haven't been shut down yet, but they're still doing it because they're humans and humans want to be humans. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So that'll be really interesting as well. Um, it's, it's funny because, um, cause I know you said at one point, you're like, yeah, Rachel loves the cooking shows and I do, but I suck at cooking. I mean, not like that makes a difference. I mean, you should be not should be, but it'd be nice to learn from these shows, but I really don't. Mm-hmm. I just, I just enjoy the dynamic and seeing people create things and the passion. Yeah. But I actually really don't. <laughs> I was just going to say, as he comes on, I don't really like cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I love that. Perfect segue. <laughs> I love it. Uh, oh my God. Perfect. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. How's it going? Good. How are you? So nice hey, thank to see you. you from the other side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounded really morbid. <laughs> from the other side. The yeah. Other yeah. side. Yeah, from the, the other side. On. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I know. You should tell us already immigrate to Canada already. Come on, what are you doing there? 
Um, Nick, it is so nice to meet you. I just, I always like to let our guests know that we're recording mm -hmm. right away. So, you know, be careful what you say, with what you say. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> so, you know, um, and we did like a nice little intro to you already, but we, okay. you know, we just kind of dive right in, so to speak. I don't, I don't know if you heard what I said. I was like, you know, I, I love these cooking shows. I've always enjoyed watching the passion and the creativity and, but I don't like cooking. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm very, I know, I'm very yeah. slow too. So, I know. Interestingly enough, but anyway, yeah. So no, we did a, like a little intro. So you're in Massachusetts, is that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How? What is the weather like in Massachusetts? It's cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's cold. I think it's is it. It's probably colder where you guys are. I'm assuming. I don't know. It's like third, like low thirties right now. Probably equivalent to where, where I am. I don't know about Rachel. She's further up north. Mm -hmm. I'm not that far up north, but yeah, we're, yes, there is, I mean, it's, there's a little trickling of snow right now, which is beautiful, but yeah, covering like is, is 30 around zero Celsius? I'm not sure. Cause we do Celsius. Uh, I don't even know. I'm the wrong somewhere. person to ask. <laughs> 30, 30 is, it's similar to like zero, like the, like freezing point. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's 32 degrees Fahrenheit is f considered freezing here. Yeah. Perfect. Even though it gets much lower and it's, it, but yeah, it's kind of raining right now. It's kind of gross out, but whatever. <laughs> well, the sun looks beautiful on you. <laughs> Thank you. My glowing skin, you know. <laughs> oh, very ageless. Very ageless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're so stoked to have you on. And like we were just saying about, you know, some of your accolades, Hell's Kitchen season four. Yes. <laughs> yep. Um, currently, maybe I don't know for how many years now, having a catering company, mm -hmm. um, which you kind—I of, I think you co-own. Yep. and YouTube channel, and I was just saying how adorable your daughter is, and I was just giggling because I think it was the most recent, one of the more recent ones with Valentine's Day, and you're like, so what color? What color cookie do you like? This one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was. I was like, okay, that's enough, and she kept going, and then we were like decorating the cookies, and she like put some like icing on her cookie and then just like started eating her own. I was like, okay, looks like I'm doing these by myself. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> she figured out the system. She figured she out did. the system. She did. She knows. She's smart. Yeah. She's so cute. We, oh. we really liked that. She's a very cute, sweet little kid. Oh, amazing. Yeah. How, and so how old is she? Um, three and a half. Oh. And we got her when she was six days old from the hospital. Whoa. Um, yeah. So she was our, technically she was our foster child up until she was available for adoption. So I mean, at least in Massachusetts, how it works is there's not a lot of like infants or newborns that are available for adoption. Typically it's a little bit, kids are a little bit older, which we were really interested in growing with a child and, you know, from birth, but they were like, you might have to foster a child first before that happens. We're like, okay, you know, we we're down to take the risk. And um, obviously it paid off because she's, it was legally adopted as of last September. So um, but yeah, she's, she's great. And we really lucked out. So, yeah. Oh. Hold on a second. Mm -hmm. so this is totally, I mean, we want to know, we want to know more about like who Nick is rather than I was just yes. like, okay. I mean, I can ask you the million questions about what's Gordon Ramsay like, blah, 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 <laughs> like things, but I don't really necessarily, you know, we've, we've heard those things before, I think. Right. Um, but so, so you illegally adopted her in September of 2020. 2019 excuse me so it's been 2019 okay so when she was born um in august of 2017 
So the process was two years total until she was like officially adopted by us. Yeah. And is it, is it normally a couple years or is it different depending um, on the family? Like, they said that this like her like case or whatever was pretty fast you know because a lot of times what happens is kids will be in and out of foster care and why that happens is because they really want to reunite children with their biological family members whether it's an aunt a grandparent you know the mother the father you know if the father or mother maybe have had some drug dependency issues and then they get clean the child could go home so like technically savannah could have went home with her with her biological parents at some point if they had gotten their act together and you know they did the things that they were supposed to do but they never did and i guess fortunately but unfortunately for them i suppose um so yeah so it take it does take a while because you know we were lucky we didn't have to have any visits with the biological parents and typically if you have a foster child you have like weekly visits with the biological parents um that's just that's supervised i don't know how it works but at least that's how, how it's working in like Massachusetts. We do that. Um, but yeah, we, re- I just think we really lucked out because they say like they could count on like one hand, how many times, you know, it was just very smooth. It was a very smooth transition and process. So we're really grateful. I'm so happy for you. That's thank you. awesome. And that's like, yeah. I have no idea. I don't have kids myself here. doesn't have kids. Um, a lot. <laughs> no, it's a lot of work. <laughs> A lot yeah. of work. Praise I know, I know, I know. Praise you. It didn't happen in my life, so praise <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. Oh my goodness. Well, f- oh yeah. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> I <was> so- <laughs> Not subtle at all. <laughs> I guess I just was like, oh, let's talk. I don't know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say it like that. No, it's just my husband. <laughs> we've been together for like 13 it's not, it's not about me is what I was meaning to say we've been together for a number of years and you know now that I'm getting <clears throat> closer to a I don't want to say but closer to 40 which is very <laughs> as fuck um we can swear on this podcast by the way okay. um, but you know we we still it's like we still don't know and then mm-hmm. my husband just was uh visiting with his parents and and briefly saw his brother who has three kids and he was just telling mm-hmm. me about like Oh, like, I just, I can't imagine, but like one, yeah. you know, one is good for now. <laughs> my sister has three girls and they're four, two and a half. And then like six months, they're all very close in age. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, I never thought that she would have kids. Like when we were growing up, I was, I was always the one who was like very like, I don't know, like paternal. And I just loved kids. And I had a lot of like younger little cousins. And I never thought my sister would be the person to have three children under the age of three and a half or four I was like she's crazy so one is great for now (laughs) it's a lot of work and um but it's it's fun you know she's like it's just interesting seeing kids like how you raise them and grow up and like their personalities and things they catch on to very quickly (laughs) watch what I say a lot too she's like a parent now so yeah I mean not every I mean honestly I have friends that kids aren't just aren't for everyone and that's okay you know what I mean I think Uh, society puts a lot of pressure on people that are married to you know, go about the motions and that like stereotypical life of like, okay, you, you bought a house, you're married. Now it's time to have kids. And some people just, you don't have to, you know? Right. And that's okay. It is okay. But I give so much, I give so much, um, I commend everybody that does that, especially in, in queer relationships, because it is Mm -hmm. something that uh, shows people that are still, you know, a little bit behind the times Mm -hmm. that people can do whatever they want. And it's the fact that we're people and that's it. 
Yeah. Just take out everything else. Just we're people. Take out every name, take out every gender, take out every sex. Mm-hmm. Like we're people and we have the ability to procreate and we have the ability to raise and that's yep. our choice. Yeah. There are lots of different options out there for people too. Um, you know, we chose the foster to adopt route, but we also looked into like having a biological child and then maybe doing private adoption, but it's just, it's really expensive here. So it was something that was not on, in the cards for us, which I was like, I kind of had to like let that go. Cause I really always had this vision of me having a biological child, but I really, now it's like, you, we don't look anything alike, but you couldn't tell me she wasn't my daughter. Do you know what I mean? She it just formed that bond because we got her from birth. So yeah. um, my whole views have completely changed on that, but yeah. Yeah. It's not for everyone. <laughs> what is she? Th- I know Rachel, you're going to say something, but I got to chime in here. What's it been like so far for her as she's starting to learn to talk, to put her, her cognitive um, development into Ooh. dialectic um, communication. Mm-hmm. Um, what's her psychology about having two fathers and what's her psychology? Like, does she, does she have any differentiation or she's like, those are my parents. Like, I'm curious to know that. Um, it's interesting. So she's very much into like playing mommy right now. And that was like very much unprompted, but just, I think with things like on TV, you know, there's not a lot of like kids, children's TV shows that have two dads or two moms or whatever. Um, so she does like to play mommy, but she hasn't quite yet said like, why don't I have a mommy? You know, I'm Dada, my husband's daddy to her. And she hasn't really, she, she knows that, you know, a lot of shows have a mother and a father, but she hasn't quite yet I don't think she's really there yet in terms of like thinking like maybe she is and she hasn't expressed it, but I don't think she's there yet in terms of like, okay, why do I have two dads and not a mom and a dad, you know? Cool. Um, but we tell her like, yeah, you have, you have two dads and we have like a bunch of books and stuff that we read to her that like, it's basically just like some people, have t- literally the book is like some people have two moms and some people have two dads and that's okay. And you know, everyone's different. And it's just, we've been trying to like do that with her, especially just to tell her like, Cause you know, we'll be watching something and something's a little different and we're trying to be like, it's okay to be different, you know, skin color, gender, sexual orientation, whatever you want to do, you can be whatever you want. She's like, okay. And so now she goes around the house saying, and that's okay. It's everything. Aww. So she like has an accident or, you know, something and that's okay. I'm like, you're Aww. right. It's okay. <laughs> so everything's okay. She says, everything's great. So Cute. Oh my God. yeah, she's yes. so funny. Yes. I- forward to the day where you know all of that is more fairly represented and kids can actually see that on media all you know all the things where family like there is the two moms and a and a son or the Mm -hmm. you know the non-binary um person and whomever in there and they're maybe they're a single parent with the kid like I mean just all those kind of kinds of combinations it's just that's yeah it just it drives I, I just I can't believe how um in a way, like how still stuck in those, um, what am I trying to say? Those, those ways that we have been for so long that are still there, but it's great that there's books now out there. It sounds like. Tons. Yeah. I I didn't know about them when we first, we first got her, she was six days old. So we were just like, you know, (laughs) having a newborn waking up every two hours at night and that was all fun. But now that she's really starting to like understand things and it's just so funny. She like plays by herself and she like has this imagination now. And uh, there are so many books out there, like, even just like toddler books and kids books for like blended families, different families, families wow. with wow. different color people in their family. And um, yeah. That's beautiful. Cool. Yeah. That's really, really sweet. Of children. Cause mm-hmm. I think it would be a good segue into what was like when you were a child, how, where did this, cause we'll, we'll go into cooking a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
where did the passion for cooking come from? Like, was it, I, I feel like I heard that it was quite young and you started, mm-hmm. you know, in a restaurant at 14 or 15 years old. And it's just kind of like been all you've been doing then, unless yeah. I'm pretty much. So in, I don't know how your school systems were, but we had a class called foods and nutrition, which was like home ec kind of, they like changed the name from home ec to foods and nutrition. Um, and that was pretty young. I feel like that was in like middle school maybe. And that's kind of where I really started to be like, because I I didn't play, I tried to play sports when I was younger. So it was like, (laughs) like the towns, like our town had like town sports and it was very like non-political fun kids just playing getting exercise. And then when you got to like middle school and high school, it becomes very like political and like, who's the best. And I was not the best by any stretch of the imagination, but I enjoyed, you know, I enjoyed it, but I was like, I didn't have that one thing that, that I was really good at or that I was like passionate. I didn't have any passion really. Um, and, and also I was like dealing with the fact that I was gay and I was really like looking for that, like escape. And I think that the kitchen became, well, food as well, eating became like a comfort for me. And it still is actually eating is a comfort for me, but, um, it's, de- it definitely was like that escape that I could have. And my mom was a great cook growing up. So I had her there and then I started cooking meals at home for my family. And then in high school, there was, um, we had actually a culinary class. So it was like two, it was like two blocks or two periods or, you know, two classes worth um, once a week. Well, that was really fun. And then, Mm. yeah, I got my first line cook job at 15 or 16. And then I went from there. I kind of just was like, this is what I'm good at. And this is what I enjoy doing. So I'm going to run with it and hope for the best. (laughs) Wow. Amazing. Yeah. So you never a time that you, that you changed like, Wow. Yeah, I thought that I thought that you know when I was really little, I would like I liked animals, and I you know I thought all things. But then I think it was like eighth grade where for some reason I had this like epiphany where I was like, I want to go to Johnson and Wales, and Johnson and Wales is a college, and it's a really well known like culinary school, um, and I didn't end up going there, but I went to culinary school still. But you know I always had it like in my head like hmm. this is what I'm gonna do, and I kind of just stayed on that trajectory, and then because it was really nothing else, like I liked other things, you know. Like I tried to dabble in like, I was in like the crew for like my drama club in high school. And I was like, I don't know. And then I just, nothing really stuck. I didn't, I didn't feel like I belonged in any of those places. Like it was fun, but I was kind of like, eh. Um, But yeah. And then I just kept cooking and even it was like at my house. It wasn't really like until I got into working in restaurants that I really was like, okay, this is what, you know, this is what I want to do. Wow. Totally. One thing I'm curious about as well, and I really hope it's not that big of a deal, but what was it like being gay in a kitchen? Like, is there any sense of homophobia in the culinary realm? Because there are a lot of LGBTQ people in the culinary industry in mm-hmm. all walks of life. But I'm curious to know, in the time that you were going into the industry and in the field and stuff, did you face any discrimination for simply sexuality or not at all? Um, I almost feel like it was, I mean, I didn't come out until I was 21. So when I got my first line cook job, I was 16. And then I went to college and still wasn't out. Um, it was in culinary school. And I stayed two more years and got my bachelor's in like hospitality and still didn't come out. And then I was 21 when I, you know, I come home from school and I kind of was figuring things out and I got my first like real, real like job after college. And um, that's kind of where I started realizing it was closer to the city. So the closest city to me is Boston, Massachusetts. And mm-hmm. it's a very liberal city and everyone's really like, just really cool. It's just a cool place yeah. to live. And I was working down there at the time and, when I did come out, it surprisingly, it wasn't an issue. It almost became more of like, not a joke that I was gay, but like, it became like, kitchens are very 
inappropriate with their humor and very dirty and very like it's just not it's an hr nightmare so it was more of like that side of it than it was like you know because there's so many my chef at the time was a woman so like and that's who i looked up to she her name's chef mary dumont she's amazing and so there was already like a woman in an executive chef role and she hired people from all walks of life so i really think that was like the perfect place for me um but i would say it was more like inappropriate more than like discrimination yeah it was more like sexualized that I was gay. I don't know why people, I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, got it. I I wonder if that's kind of like almost akin to being a woman in the kitchen, sort of. Yeah, maybe. I think that people, you know, people looked at her. I mean, I feel like women sometimes feel like they have to put on like a hard exterior, especially in the restaurant industry, because at the time there wasn't as many openly gay or queer people in that role. And she's also she is also gay so it was really good nice to see her she also had like a wife and she had like that life that i was like oh like she's she has it you know what i mean yeah and that's like what i wanted to do and um so it was nice to look up to her mm-hmm. and have that representation i find myself gravitating towards a lot of female chefs when i was working for people or the chefs would have to be like really nice or like <laughs> understanding because I never worked in a place where like chef Ramsey, for instance, would be like the chef screaming at me. It just, I want to enjoy my craft and not have anxiety about it. Yeah. Um, so all the places I've chosen to work at where I sought them out and I, you know, I had like an interview, they call it staging, which is basically just like a working interview in a kitchen okay. and kind of tested out and, you know, just see how you feel. And I've definitely gravitated towards more women chefs because I just feel like it's just different, but yeah. So with that being said, and I wasn't going to like, and maybe Hero, no, he's kind of going like this. I think sometimes we have the same brain. Um, with that being said, um, I wasn't going to really ask about Chef Ramsey necessarily in that way, but you kind of brought it up just with the, it seems mm-hmm. like there's a, a lot of polarizing opposites from what you were maybe used to in the mm-hmm. kitchen and then going to Hell's Kitchen and yeah. then somebody who is literally screaming at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you deal with that? I mean for myself, I, I am like an empath and I also like feed on other people's energy. Like, mm-hmm. was that hard for you? How? It was, it was. I, I mean, I went from, it seems, I seem like a different person at, at the time. Like if I see clips back, I'm like, I don't even recognize myself in a way because even though I was out at the time, I still had such anxiety of revol- revolving around my sexuality. Yeah. And even sometimes still I do because I just almost like go back to that place when I was younger of like being in school and being young and like whether it be bullying or people saying stuff to me, I still have that like on my shoulder almost that really hasn't gone away, but it's definitely been put way in the back burner now that I'm an adult. Like I'm confident in myself and my situation and my job and you know, everything's coming into place. But yeah, at the time I was, I'm 32 now, I think I was 24, 24, 25 when I first went on the show and I didn't have a ton of experience in restaurants I did, but not like some of the people were already executive chefs and I had just become a sous chef at the time. Um, So yeah, I hadn't gone on a plane in like 15 years prior to that. I hadn't traveled alone. I was very much like a homebody, like Mm -hmm. now I'm the opposite. But at the time I just, I wasn't secure or confident in myself. And then I think Hell's Kitchen in a way helped make me more independent because it kind of forced me out of my comfort zone was like, you're going to go fly to LA. You've never been to California before. You're going to fly by yourself. They took my cell phone at the airport. Oh, you're going to stay with 
16 other people you don't know from all walks of life mm-hmm. and you're going to get screamed at. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was very much like just, yeah. Yeah. Just and also into it. And also a complete like a uh, violation of any privacy, any confidence because mm-hmm. you're, you're on ice. You can't say shit unless if you're yes. being filmed all the stuff in reality production, which I'm very familiar with. Um, on ice. Yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah. That's well, I mean, they said that a lot, Nick yeah. on ice. And I was like, Oh, sorry. Cause yeah. I just want to talk to people and gab and like, I know, <laughs> I know it's very, it's very isolating in some ways, despite the fact that you're with everyone going through the same experience, you know, cause I'm a reality TV addict and it's interesting because, you know, Rachel said, no hero, like reach out to people. And I'm like, I don't know who to reach out to. And then something kind of went off and I thought, wait a second, I've been watching reality shows since I was eight. Since Survivor. <laughs> I've been like competitive reality nerd my whole life. And so yeah. obviously when you think about LGBT people that, you know, and I'm, I'm a few years younger than you. So like watching you on the show, for example, um, I was already old enough to not feel like, Oh, like I can, I like, I'm looking up to people for being a role model. But mm-hmm. when I saw someone like yourself on a show that was so polarized, it's quite heteronormative, probably mm-hmm. up until around that point of the franchise, it was nice to see someone that was represented in such a light that even if it might've been, and hopefully it wasn't overly edited. I don't think you would have mm-hmm. been edited too much because you're just who you are. You're real. Yeah, really, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And some people are like, you could tell people that are really there for the, for the glitz and the glam and people who right. are really just there just to do their job and to actually make a living for themselves as a professional um, culinary professional yeah you know you were someone that represented themselves as authentically as they are and again that's why i said in our instagram messaging i'm not surprised the fact that you re- reached back out that you were so sincere because Thank that's because you. Yeah. you come across from that one-to-one perspective right mm-hmm. so it's nice to see someone that's on the show and also like i've been a fan of gordon ramsay since i don't know i was maybe 10 mm-hmm. i guess like whenever house kitchen came on and doing yeah. like school presentations about him and you know He's watching cool. all of his shows and stuff like really like cute little fanboy yeah you know and then you see christina williamson and you see someone that again perfect mm-hmm. example queer powerful represented on the show yeah. poster child in the best term of light possible and then showing people in the queer community that you can be female you can be strong you can be yeah. bold you can be a badass bitch and then you can also be a queer male and be a badass bitch and be mm-hmm. gentle you can be successful. So yeah. without, cause again, we're not, we, we like to get the Nora guests behind what they're known for. But with that being said, in the context of what I just said and being on a reality production, mm-hmm. can you kind of talk to us what your process was like being brought on the show and then your inner psychology through both seasons? Cause I'm sure that yeah. must've been kind of a throwback to go out the two seasons and quite close together. Right? Yeah. So it was season 14, originally and then it was season 17 i feel like it was only three maybe three years difference between the ending of the show and then filming the next one it and thank you for saying that because that i mean i try to i am who i am right and so on tv that's i just am what you get right now is how i would talk to the other contestants and stuff and yeah because maybe i was naive i you know i watched the the show a little bit and i was a fan of gordon ramsay's and i knew he was going to yell at me and i knew that it would be like that um, but being in it was just like totally different, but I feel like season 14, Nick and season 17, Nick are like complete opposites. I was just so yeah. unsure of myself. And I think yeah. that, like you said, it came with being gay and I actually don't think that there's been an openly gay male winner of Hell's Kitchen and Christine, chef Christina is amazing. And I still keep in contact with her on social media. Um, and she's doing great big things with him. She's like way up there now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, and so I kind of was like, this is my chance, especially on All-Stars. I think 
um, I, I kind of was like, okay, I'm going into season 17 a little bit differently. I went in there saying, I want, if I'm going to go back and be put through this again, I'm going to win. Whereas season yeah. 14, it was like, oh, let's go and see what happens. It was more like fun. Yeah. So the process to get on season 14 was wild. And I mean, if you know reality TV, so I'm assuming you probably heard some weird stuff that goes on, but like, <laughs> I think it, it is, it was very odd for me, at least, I guess, cause it was my first time ever auditioning or being interviewed for something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So they called me and I was actually in P-Town with my now husband. We were just dating at the time and I'd never been to P-Town before. And he's like, I want to take you there and you experience it. Um, this is Provincetown, Massachusetts. And mm. Ask, I know. As I know. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for educating us Canadians because we all. Okay, it's a big. So if you become, yeah, it's a big gay scene there. Um, okay. And it's like everyone goes there, and it's this big thing. And I'd never been. I felt sheltered, so we went. And someone called me. I don't know who. The, I actually forget who the person was, and they just were like, "Hey, we're looking for Boston-based chefs. Not necessarily me, but just chefs in general." We came across your Facebook page, and I was like, "Okay." And they like DM me, and we're like, "Hey, do you want to try out for Hell's Kitchen?" And I thought it was a scam, honestly. Yeah. I was like, I don't know, it's sketchy. I'm not going to show up to a, a restaurant in Boston by myself. And But after talking on the phone with him, plus I was a little you know, a little drunk at the time. I was in P-Town. I was living it up. And I was like, yeah, sure. When I get back, I'll come. So I followed through and went. And it was actually an open casting call. So it was at a restaurant. And I walked in. And it's really fit, like 50 other people in there. And there was two people. I don't, again, I don't know who they were. They just, we walked, we walked up one by one and maybe had like a minute long conversation with them. Okay. And they either said yes to a callback or no, like that's it. And so they gave me a callback and I was kind of surprised and I was like, okay, like sweet, I guess that's the next step. And then I went to the next, it was like the next day or the two days later, I went to a hotel room in Boston. This is where it gets weird. And it was, it was in a suite with like lights. And I was like, is this a porn shoot or is this yeah. Am I auditioning for? What am I auditioning for is really what I want to know. <laughs> it was weird. And so they taped me on camera and then they sent that to the producers and then I had to wait. And then the producers said, okay, we're going to fly. It was me and you know a bunch of other people fly them out to meet them in person. So I flew from Boston to LA um, by myself again. And I was just staying in a hotel room by myself and they, you know, interviewed us on camera again, but in yeah. front of like 10 producers. So I was like shitting myself. I was like, I've never done anything like this before. So to get up in front of 10 people that are producers of, you know, a Fox reality TV show to like talk to them. Like my anxieties. Yes. My heart's yeah. racing. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was scared. I, I was scared. I would be too. Yeah. And then, you know, they, they took like, and I guess hindsight, I should have known that I had already been probably cast on the show at that point, but I didn't know. I mean, they, they like took our blood. They like, private investigator we had to talk to psych um, testing all yeah. that right se testing drug testing private investigator like they asked me questions about like my childhood and like you know my work and if oh is there any naked pictures of you online and all this stuff are you going to embarrass the show so there was a lot of weird stuff that went on like before i got on the show um but i think that might just be like standard practice for a lot of these shows yeah. Well, apparently, I think it's still it's still like that because we had yeah. Mary, we had Chef Mary Lou, Mary Lou on, um, who's on the current season. Yeah, she's she so was, sweet. oh God, I we adore her. But just like just like yourself, like you guys are are you're real, real. Like we, I, it's it's interesting. But what I was going to just going to say is that she said the same kind of process. Like she. Mm was DM'd by somebody and mm -hmm. she's like, is this real? Like, what the fuck is this? Is this mm -hmm. um, it was casting agents, talent producers. Okay. Yeah. And, and just like yeah. you were saying, like even close to where I guess she should have thought like, okay, I'm in, she still didn't. Oh, I had no idea. 
Yeah. It, like, oh, this is all probably just standard. They're just taking my blood in a hotel room. <laughs> you were <laughs> back. I'm like, I didn't question anything. You were at the hotel room. It's a bit odd, actually. That's it was a hotel room. Yeah. So like all the, everything odd. that we did took place in this hotel in LA. So it was like, everything was, it was done. Like, okay. So I had to go to like, they were like, all right, you're going to go. They called me my, my room phone. And we're like, go to room 202, whatever it was. What? And I went and had basically had like a physical by a person in a hotel room. It was very strange. I can imagine like in a ballroom, like kind of in a holding area, like in the lobby right. of a hotel. Sure. But like a private room. I had, because it was, we, I think we stayed the weekend. Yeah. So I was there for two, oh. like one night, two days or something. So I stayed overnight. So, okay. And so then I'm also thinking like all the other contestants were scattered throughout the hotel. They would have been, yeah, it would have been a group, kind of a group screening. Yes. It was a group thing. So it was a lot of us there. Um, so I thinking back, I'm like, Oh, I saw some certain people like on my season or I saw people that were on, the season before mine because they casted for two seasons back to back yeah they do yeah they do yeah so which i thought was interesting too because on season 14 i had to wait a year and a half from the time i was i filmed it until it aired oh so a year and a half season oh 13 God. first and then that went through and then they took right. a break and then they showed season right. 14 so i was like here i am like it's being shown and i filmed it a year and a half ago it was just it was really weird but, but that's bizarre though because you're not even the same person back then either no, especially no, after. even just from the year and a half it was no different, you know no, yeah exactly exactly and people like us that grow every day and that we mm-hmm. don't just stay stagnant to be that delayed in production to post-production and then the public eye to realize maybe they don't know who that person is yet yeah. unless if they're in your industry and then they're like mm-hmm. oh yeah okay i know, I know nick like oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's great no people yeah. It was wild. Psycholog- psychologically, I'm just thinking, like... Oh, yeah. Well, wasn't it, like... Uh, like, it's funny, because now it feels like we're, we're starting to get a lot of reality TV people on the show, mm-hmm. which is fun. It's great. Yeah. Maddie um, Cameron, who is uh, Scarlet Bobo and a, a drag uh, on Canada's Drag Race. The I first- saw that season. Did you? Okay. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> so, um, so uh, well, as, as Maddie was on our show, and he was saying... Um, when he was, I don't know if you listened to any of it, but he, you know, would go into a hotel room when he first got there by himself and talk about psychological, he was, yeah. by himself, you know, like you said, no cell phone, no whatever. And he like had a breakdown. He literally mm-hmm. was just like, I fucking like, this is like, was crying and mm-hmm. just get out of bed in the morning. And just, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. I can't, it was, it was it very as secluded as that. So we were, obviously we were alone in the hotel rooms yeah. um, and we didn't have our phones or anything like that. But then like, I guess the one difference from Drag Race is that they, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not sure. They don't live together, right? No, they're sequestered. You guys share a house. You have we a shared, social community. So the house that we shared, so if you, look, if you look at house, so like on season 17 All-Stars, it was a giant, do you guys have Costco or BJ's? Yeah. Yep. BJ's, no. Quiring Minds wanted to know, but Costco, Yes. Yes. <laughs> Costco, it's like similar BJ's is another similar thing around here but it's it was basically an old Costco like warehouse building that they converted into Hell's Kitchen right that's and what I was wondering behind the scenes yes. so we would literally be cooking with you know being screamed at and out the back door of the kitchen we would literally go up the steps to yes. our dorms that had yeah. no ceilings <laughs> that had like lights and cameras and so it was like a fake dorm so like we literally lived there but Shit. our ceilings didn't go all the way up. You know what I mean? So like the next room, you could hear everyone laughing. And so um, I think I shared a room with three other people in my room. So it was four guys total. And it was like guys room, girls room, guys room, girls room. Yeah. And then yeah. we shared 
two showers and three toilets. So you can imagine in the beginning of that process when we're there. 16 <laughs> of you. Yes. With three toilets. Two, and this is men, women. We're sharing two sinks. It's just a lot going on. And after, I think after the first week, I was like, okay, I don't care anymore about like, there was no privacy. So I was like, whatever. And I guess I could agree. Is it Maddie or Scarlett Bob? Was that him? Yeah. Okay. So I can agree with like being like, this is mentally crazy. And I think a lot of people on the show felt that. And there was a lot of tears, not from me, but from other people. I don't know why. I just kind of, for me, it was like going in. I was like, okay, I'm going to be uncomfortable. This is going to be anxiety inducing. I could either flourish and do well, or I could, you know, cry and be upset and be like, I want to go home. I can't do this anymore. So right. whenever I see people now, I should say now going on TV and they're, I got to go, I can't do this. I'm like, you gotta, you gotta expect something going into it. Yeah. That it's not going to be comfortable. Of course it's not, you know, they want to, it's a high pressure situation. I, I'm living with 16 other people I've never met before and working with them. So it's like, or if you've ever worked with someone and dated someone at the same time, that's kind of what it was like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. together. 24-7, literally yeah. 24-7. So, yeah. People, yeah. Yeah, very, very different from Drag Race. It's it is different. It's a different kind of production, though, it's, it, which is what we're getting at, is that you got productions like Survivor, Big Brother, Hell's yeah. Kitchen. Um, what are some other shows? Project Runway, actually, yeah. as well, like where they're in lofts or shared units. Top Chef, they have a house. like mm-hmm. you know. And then you got productions like, as you were talking about, Drag Race or... Um, Honestly, that's the only one that comes to mind immediately mm-hmm. in terms of being sequestered as individual because that's mm-hmm. how the show is set up. Like, if you yeah. put 16 queens in a house together, holy shit, you might as well just. That would be man. scary. Just move <laughs> it to MTV. Yeah, just move it to, like, you know, this drag, drag, like, Kai, like Kai Kai's Drag Race, move it to MTV, like, seriously, mm-hmm. you know, or CW or yeah, whatever, VH1. I think so too. We should totally apply for it. I could be kosher yeah. pickle. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But. One thing I'm curious about again, and not from the angle of, of like, oh, like you were on on House Kitchen, but from the mm-hmm. angle of being the human psychology, like you know mm-hmm. who, who Nick is in association to this production. Um, what was it like in terms of the different segments of the show? Because I know we kind of talked to Mary Lou a little bit, but like they break it down. It's a, it's a formula, right? But, right. So, like, does it take a certain length of time for each of these productions? Like, because you're doing a live dinner service, correct? Like, yes. W- but, again, it was a warehouse, so it was staged mm-hmm. in a sense, right? Whereas in the current yep. season, they're actually in the restaurant. So, I'm assuming yes. it's a real service. So, that's a formula change of the show. Oh. So, I'm. that's what I was asking Rachel. And she's like, I don't know. So, like, what was no. Did it feel real? Like, did it feel it, like a simulation or... It did. It felt real because the people that were dining were real people. Like I, I, after the show, like there was just someone I'm mutually friends with on Facebook was like, Oh, I'm going to, I got the chance to go be a guest on a hell's kitchen. So it's kind of like, you almost like sign up for it yeah, and get in the yeah. waiting list kind of deal. I think yeah. which is to be in the audience and you know, you're not, they tell you, you're not guaranteed to eat obviously because if he kicks you out, you're not going to eat. But from what I gathered is that they bring you all to like, a big room or a big tent and they give you whatever wine or beer or alcohol you want and get you like happy and good. And then you go, you get ushered into the restaurant and then dinner service begins. So I don't, I don't, don't think you pay because if you don't eat, you know what I mean? Um, So it felt real because I know people were going to be eating the food that we were making and it was like, we wanted to do a good job. Right. Um, But yeah, I, I think everyone has a different experience or everyone perceives things differently you know, like, I think my experience is probably different than Mary Lou's and... Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, it, it was very interesting from my perspective. I, 
like I said, like I was just myself. And I think the one thing that if anyone who's listening to this, who wants to go on reality TV, you have to be nice to the crew and the people doing your interviews and every, someone putting your mic on and, you know, that's their job. And I did see other contestants kind of be like annoyed. And I'm like, where this is the TV show. I don't know what you thought was going to happen. You know, gonna, like, yeah. People would get annoyed or like in confessionals, they were like, Oh, we didn't want to talk. I don't want to talk about today or I don't want to talk about that. I'm like, I was always to be like, let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> because you're on a TV show at the end of the day. Yes. You want to work for chef Ramsey and that whole shebang. But in, at the end of the day, this is a TV show. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the one thing that I, I took away is you have to, re- I treated everyone with respect and was, I became friendly with people behind the set and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people interview every single day. And so you have like a relationship with them. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think everyone perceives things differently. I had a really good experience, especially the second time around um, on All Stars. Uh, I yeah, I had a really positive experience. Obviously, it was stressful, and obviously, I wanted to go home at some point. But you know, I was like, all right, I'm over this. But in my head, I'm like, I'm here to win, and that's what I wanted to do. So yeah. I could see how people, you know, everyone perceives things differently too. Yeah, and also you made it far. You, I think you were final five on season fourteen, yeah. and you were final three on season seventeen. So like, yeah. you spent a lot of t- what I'm getting as it. You spent a lot of time actually on the production, even if you had to stay there after you were eliminated, which I'm guessing right. you had to because of confidentiality. Mm-hmm. But you were still there. So like to be psychologically in that process, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lot because we see that in weekly, but it's about a month. I'm guessing in recording, give or take. So season 14 was five weeks okay. and then season 17 was only three weeks. So there was a lot more packed into a short amount of time. Right. Oh, and I shit. almost, yeah. And I almost feel like it was, we were, I almost feel like I was so, we were so busy that I didn't have time to be upset or worried no. or sad. You know what I mean? There was no opportunity to be like, let me sit with my feelings and let me, like you said, psychologically, let me think of how I feel. I almost didn't have that time. No, it comes kind after. Of about, to be honest, because I think if I then had downtime, like Scarlett Bobo was, like you said, she was in her hotel room. If I was in my hotel room alone, it probably would make it worse, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But I think they kept us so busy that, and they were, st- like, don't be wrong, it was very challenging. It was nonstop, 24-7, like, we're being filmed. And we they always kept us busy, too, so, like, we wake up, we go do something that it was like a challenge. And then there was like the reward or the punishment. And then at night there was dinner service. So it was like nonstop all day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, psych- psychologically, I think I could see how that could get to people. I had a blast on season 17. I mean, I got to do things I never would have done in my normal life and yeah. it helped push me out of even more out of my comfort zone and just help build me as a person. And so I will say season 14 definitely helped me with independence, but I, but I was way more, anxiety rated on season 14 i think there was a lot more it was a lot more anxiety i missed home i i was kind of like okay like this is wild you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah obviously everyone has to deal with things differently but when i went back for the second time i think i was prepared mentally to do it again whereas the first time i wasn't prepared to not have my phone and not talk to anybody and not like i knew it was going to happen but until it happened i was like oh shit i really have no one to talk to except for these other people yeah um, yeah. yeah so i just out of curiosity so you were you with your husband was it was he your fiance at since season what the first season, season? Uh, 14 no we were just dating Okay. Um, and we had just moved in together as well. So it was very interesting to like not talk to him for five weeks, especially since we had just moved in together. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they would call our family and say like, he's alive, he's doing well, he's fine. And that's it basically. So like they, they did keep in contact with them. 
And I guess they did say like, if you have anything you want to tell them, that's like very important, but they wouldn't be like, Oh, your husband says he loves you. They just would be like, everyone's happy. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Keep working, you know, keep, keep doing you. So. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I'm curious to know, um, cause with, with your catering business that you have, mm-hmm. so was that, was that always the dream to have, or what, what was your kind of like, I don't want to say end goal, but what mm-hmm. was your dream, your culinary dream, was it to have yeah. bring business? I mean, I know now you've got a YouTube jan- channel, yeah. but I feel like just with the times, everyone's kind of pivoting to doing what they can right. do now too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, tell me a bit more about that. Yeah. I think my goals have definitely pivoted in terms, I mean, with COVID, I think a lot of social media and online media content is just huge right now because people aren't going out and doing things, which is understandable. Um, I used to say I wanted to open a restaurant. That was like my goal. And it definitely veered away when I worked in restaurants that were opening, like they hadn't quite opened yet. And like, I was hired to like open with them. And I was like, I can't do that, you know, because I knew in the back of my brain that I did want to have a family someday and I wanted to have freedom. And when you'd open a restaurant, you just don't have that freedom. You know, you have to be there 24 seven. And I didn't want my relationship to falter or my, or the prospects of having a family to be put in the back burner because of starting a restaurant. And some people are like, Oh, that's like your dream. But it, it was my dream. It's my dreams changed since then. You know, I'm enjoying my catering company. Um, it's definitely working way more for my life. And since I'm the co-owner, I can also, you know, we can, now that we have gotten busier, we can pick and choose like, okay, we, we can't do this event or, Sometimes it's like, oh, hey, their budget's too low, which is always nice because we took a lot in the beginning of our, we basically did every event that was thrown at us in the beginning just to get our name out there. Um, I don't know what my end goal is. Honestly, I think after my experience was on Hell's Kitchen, my I would love to do more TV and more food media type things. Um, I just, I had a blast. Like I said, season 17 was like unreal to me. I had so much fun and I got so close with like, some of the cast and the crew and people were so cool and like welcoming and accepting. And um, I loved it. So I, I think probably more TV type stuff is in my future. Um, yes. Yeah. But as of right now, my, my day-to-day job, yes, I, I do own a catering company. It is really fun, but I think ultimately I'd like to do more food media type stuff. How is it with the catering company during COVID? Cause I know like we, before you hopped on hero and I were just saying how, I mean, every country is handling things differently. We all, we don't have to talk about the U.S. as a whole because we all know, we all know. Good. It's scary. <laughs> I, know, I know. And even, and it's interesting because in Canada, I swear we get more U.S. news than we do about Canadian news. Like we yeah, know, we or I don't know if you knew that, but like. We're not good stuff either. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately not, but. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? This country's crazy. There's, there's so, I mean. Not to get political, but like the past president and everything that happened from there, it was almost like embarrassing to be like, oh, I'm from the States. It's like, oh, like, I don't want to tell people that now because it's just, it's a mess. It's a mess. So what would first happened, we literally the day I remember, I I also had a part-time job bartending for extra cash. And I remember that day that they were like, we have to close because of COVID. Like we can't have anyone else in here. I kind of looked at my business partner. I was like, we need to do something because people aren't going to be booking events or weddings. People are going to re, you know, reschedule and wait till next year. So mm. we started doing like curbside takeout meals and menus and it ended up working out. So I have to say we're really lucky that we haven't lost it really any money. Everyone's either rescheduled, postponed something, or we use their money, they use their money towards a smaller event or something mm. like that. So we've been really lucky in that sense. And a lot of restaurants, 
have had to close and businesses have had to close and it sucks, but we've been really lucky that we haven't had to do that. I think if I had owned a restaurant now, I probably would have closed, you know? Yeah. So. Well, it's funny. It's because I was just saying to Hero before, again, before you popped on, I was like, well, you know, it's the state. So they're probably all just, you know, having big events and being <laughs> doing that anyway, because that's what we see. Yeah, I know. I know. It's so bad. So Massachusetts Propaganda. is at least, they're a little more like, strict and they're they're way more liberal obviously massachusetts is but they're also a little more strict which is a good thing um so i think it's 10 people inside and it's 20 people 25 people outside it's still pretty strict in massachusetts versus where my company's based out of but new hampshire is like it's a free-for-all i mean they're like slogan is live free or die literally that's what new hampshire's like state slogan is wow it's it's a whole different it's so funny because it's maybe from my house to new hampshire it's maybe 30 minutes, 40 minutes, but it's just like a whole different. So people are trying to reschedule their weddings in New Hampshire. And I'm like, that's defeating the purpose. Totally. <laughs> just because they're doing it doesn't mean you should do it too. You know, yeah. um, like those rules are put in place to protect people. So we've been really cautious about, you know, people have tried to book us for things at their home that are way too big. And I'm like, I don't feel comfortable doing that. I don't want to be that caterer that then is now associated with a COVID breakout or, something like that you know what i mean so you have to be really careful and we've been really careful in terms of like what events we choose to do because people are crazy they want to do whatever they want to do and i'm like uh mm -hmm. someone else to do it but we're not going to do it you know yeah so. for sure and then in terms of your catering status and i'm, I'm not sure if it is has your presence of being a tv personality has that mm -hmm. helped to gain and to build a clientele for you or or not so much it didn't it did initially so when the series, when Hell's Kitchen, the all-stars was airing, that's when our company really started gearing up. So we had talked, my business partner and I talked about it. We actually met at a restaurant. She was my like day of coordinator for my wedding. And that's how we ended up meeting. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and so that's how we partnered up. And we were lucky enough that it was basically, we're naive, the timing, we didn't realize. I'm like, oh, my show's about to start airing. We're starting a company. This is perfect timing. Yeah. And it ended up working out because we got, before we even like became an official LLC and company, we started booking events. So we took the money from the deposits to then put it towards becoming an, have an LLC. And so we basically were smart with the money. We didn't have to put any money down of our own. We just kind of were like smart with the timing. It was like perfect timing, honestly. Um, so yeah, we definitely did get some events from me being on Hell's Kitchen because it was airing as we were really starting to book events. Um, and I still think today it definitely helps. <laughs> it definitely helps a little bit to be, say that you were, you know, you were on national TV and you worked with Gordon Ramsay and people get excited about that still. So yeah, for yeah. Sure. but it's in the end of the day, it's a matter of your, about your product. You can be right. whatever accolade and status you want, but if you're a dick or what your product is, is mm -hmm. shit, then it's not going to go anywhere after right. the first experience, you know? So. Well, it'll be this kind of explosion and then usually kind of, Right. For a better word with your with your name Peter Peter off or Peter out. <laughs> <clears throat> I know. It's interesting though because uh, what Hero was saying a little bit earlier about uh, you know just your your vibe and your persona. When I think of Hell's Kitchen, you are you're one of the few mm -hmm. contestants that I mm -hmm. still remember that I will is and it's and it's because it's true like and I I'm not a huge reality TV show buff like. Mm -hmm hero is but for some reason yeah you, you stick in people's minds so that's very yeah. sweet thank you it's true. Yeah, you do. so you do. in hopefully that's maybe that's also helped with I, your I mean i'd like to think so i mean i like 
<laughs> it still is odd to me that like, you know what? It's funny recently is that um, in the Philippines, I guess they, maybe it was a couple months ago, it must have just ended airing there, which I think is so weird because to me, it's like, it's been so long. It feels so long. Yeah. And people, I, it was like an all of a sudden, like influx of like thousands of followers that I gained. And I was so confused. And I was like, it was like 100, 200 a day. And I was like, what am I, I'm just posting my regular content. Then I started getting messages from people, which have been so sweet. Like the nicest people that have ever messaged me, like the, it's like, it's too much. So, you know what I mean? Like they're so nice. I'm like, okay, you're giving me too much credit, but thank you. Yeah. It was like, it was crazy. And it was all from the Philippines. Um, Interesting. Malaysia, Singapore, people were like reaching out being like, we're watching, we just finished watching the show and we love you. And um, oh, wow. it's really, really, really sweet thing. So I've been lucky in that regard that I haven't gotten too much backlash um, yeah. on social media like some people do. Mm -hmm. um, and then maybe that's just a testament to me being myself on TV and you know how I am as a person. But obviously you're going to get people that don't like you and that's okay and that's okay that's part <laughs> of it like you it. you know that's fine it's real um i yeah. often think about how how i would react to that like have you you know like just i mean I, we obviously we, we want to grow our podcast more and you know just as you start to get some bizarre comments or trolls mm -hmm. or things like that have you had to deal with any anything like that i on season 14, I think a little bit more, I was more excited to be in the show and I was looking at comments and it wasn't personally on my social media. It was more like on like YouTube, like the episodes we went on YouTube and then it was like YouTube comments. But now, I, I mean, I don't have time to do that anymore. No. And I've been lucky that I don't have time to sit there and hunt for, especially now that I'm a child, I don't have time to hunt for like bad comments about myself. Like, what's the point? Just to make me no. feel bad. Yeah. And I also really don't care. <laughs> so it's kind of like, I mean, I back then I did, but now I don't. So now yeah. it's like, if someone doesn't like me, I, that's totally okay because I get it. I'm not everyone's cup of tea and I may annoy some people and you know, I get that. I, I, I'm annoyed by people too. <laughs> we're all, we're all human, you know? Well, it's true. You know, we're all human. We may see someone on TV that we're like, I don't love them, but I think maybe the reason why people do genuinely seem to like me is because the person that I was on TV is the same person that I am talking to you guys. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, yeah. And I don't know if that's just because I don't know why that is. That's just who I am. But mm -hmm. I don't know if people decided to change who they were, or like amplify it for the TV show. Because, mm -hmm. um, you yeah. know, people do have larger than life personalities on that show. And it, yeah. sometimes it seems forced. Um, but I was just myself. So I don't know. <laughs> the, ca the camera will do something to people. And they were like, oh, no, I'm whatever. And then, but pr production people know that, though. Yeah. They, they know when they get people. Because if you had 16 Nicks on the mm -hmm. show, it would be an amazing documentary right <laughs> yes you know but if you have um 16 gens on the right. show it's gonna be just like the wendy williams show meets more right. right it's not gonna work the balance that's the balance exactly uh, and they're smart with casting like all stars was great because there were so many you know great chefs there so was, i knew it was gonna be a really good season but you know when season 14 they the, i would say the first even the season now to be honest the people that like so I've been watching it and doing Instagram lives, watching it. And I wasn't oh, going to do yeah. that. I, was like, I don't know. If, Cause watching it gives me anxiety because it brings back a lot of memories. It's PTSD, for PTSD. Yeah. Literally PTSD. And we even had to like talk to our therapist after we left the show, which I think is so funny. Like before we went home, they like made us talk to someone to make sure we were okay. And I was like, yeah. I'm fine. Like, let me go home. Um, but yeah, it's it just, it's interesting. The whole thing is just crazy. That's, you know, that's smart on their part though, to do yeah. that. I think that, it is they're covering their ass and like all oh, the, all yeah. the angles yeah 
something I, I don't want to forget to ask you about, and I was trying, I, I didn't mean to like not look at you. I was looking at my oh, fine. mind, um, this competition that you're a part of right now yeah. that I think the voting starts today. It starts in nine minutes. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Perfect so, timing. Yes. So basically, again, this is another thing that I forget. Sometimes I forget how things just happen. I don't know. I forget if they message me or I message them, but it was, just, it's <laughs> called, it's like fave chef on Instagram. It's like at fave chef. And it was an, maybe it was an email. And basically the competition is like an online based competition, just solely based on votes. Um, like I have like, you have like a profile picture and a few like food dishes that you've done yeah. and it's like a little profile about you. And it's, um, the winner gets a spread in Bon Appetit magazine and then $20,000. Oh. So I was like, you know what? I was robbed on all stars. I was like, maybe I can actually win something. Like, yes. So yes, you were. Third time's a charm. So I'm hoping that, yeah. So the, the voting opens in like, now it's eight minutes. Um, Oh my god! I'm excited, but I've also seen a lot of other contestants from Hell's Kitchen now coming out of the woodwork, um, going for that title too. So I'm very curious to see how this will play out. But okay, so I got okay. I'm sorry, Nick. You walk right into this. So I've got to, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to raise my mug. Okay, so you were, um, you said you were um, kind of ripped on seventeen. Mm-hmm. I never would have season fourteen. I never would have said that because I didn't think that. I honestly. When I met Megan, who was the winner of season 14. Oh, yeah, Megan, yeah. She was just mature, experienced, um, poised. In the kitchen, she just had her shit together. And oh, I, yeah, looked, I looked up to her, and I was like, oh, she's going to be in the top two, if not win. Yeah. And I think you kind of get a sense for that in certain seasons where you're like, this person's, like, I almost feel like the less time you're showed in the beginning, the better you do in the end. Yeah. I don't know how reality TV works, but it always seems like they always feature people heavily when they're doing bad, and then they go yeah. home. It's the story. It's the storyline. It's the story. They make it very dramatic and very, and so the people fade into the background, like Megan, where she didn't get, maybe she didn't get as much airtime, but she was leaps and bounds better than I was at that time. And I, and I could recognize that. And I didn't think going into Hell's Kitchen season 14, I was going to win. But when I got just top five, I was like, oh shit, like, hmm, not bad. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, wow, yeah, this is really good. good. Yeah. Um, considering all my anxiety and everything I was going through. Um, but yeah, season 17 was a whole different thing for me. And there was like behind the scenes talk that like it, the guy said the wrong name and it was supposed to be me. Like, and I heard these rumors from like some of the crew and I was like, don't even tell me that because, because if you, it was right, well, A, then it shows that it's pre-planned or pre-destined. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know what? I I honestly thought there was an episode on All Stars where it was like Michelle and I, it was a, it was a challenge and we both were last left in the kitchen. Yeah. So it was like one by one, someone left the kitchen. And then the last two standing were Michelle and I. And I was like, if this isn't foreshadowing, then I don't know what is. Because they were all helping us and we were the last two in the kitchen. Yeah. At that point on, I was like, okay, I kind of see the angle maybe they'd be going with because we were friends. We still are friends. And like us pitting against each other would be like a really great finale. And then Benjamin was announced as the other person in the final two. And I, I was shook. Like mm-hmm. I tried to hold it in, like in terms of like my emotions on the show. But once I left, oh, like once they like put me in, like after we were done filming, they put me in like a van by myself. I was like, I need five minutes to myself because they were going to put me in the van with the other contestants. So if you guys see like on, on the finale, it's like Michelle and Benjamin chose their teams. Yeah. And so all the contestants were coming from sequester. So they were all staying together at some hotel or something like that. And then they were going to like dump me in the van with them. And I was like, I need 10 minutes to myself, please. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, no kidding. I, I was like, I've been very cooperative with everyone on set. And I've been doing all the interviews you guys want me to do. I was like, I just need 10 minutes to like breathe because I was yeah. so pissed. And I didn't think I would be like that, but I, I was really upset. 
no, it's the worst part again, and you can see it because you get knocked out, and then all of a sudden you have to come right back, and then you have yeah. to support the people, and then it's even worse if you're put on the person's team. That even if you like both people, you want to right. be on one person's team, and they put you on right. the opposing team because you're like, fuck, right? Because yeah. it just gives you the rise, it gives you the story. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want any of our guests to get into shit for what they talk about. So my question is: Are you are you allowed to say these things about what happens? Yeah. Behind- yeah, I mean, the con- our contract is over at this point. So, like, it's, I think it's for a year or so after. It's a year, yeah. It's a contract, and so, but it's, like, a heavy contract. So, I, I could say, like, I was on the show and stuff like that, but now it's kind of, like, you, I can say whatever I want. But I also choose not to say everything because I always no. feel like I don't want to slight those people that were in the crew or be, like, oh. behind the scenes because it is a really good experience, so people should do it. I still think people should go try out for Hell's Kitchen if they want to. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really amazing experience. But it's how you deal with it when you get there is what really will change your your time there. It's either you could either choose to be a force and really go for it and really try your hardest, or you can let the stress and anxiety get to you, and then you see people on TV crumble under pressure. So I think it really I didn't think I was that strong of a person, but then going back for all stars, I was like, I can do this, you know, I I, I could win the show. Um, but yeah, I'm allowed to talk about stuff like this now. They, they don't say like, you can tell people things now, but no, 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 no. Kind of like the contract's over. So it is what it is. They have to expect it. And also people that want that kind of fame, it's also negative attention, right? If it gets negative mm-hmm. attention and even if it builds their brand, it's still as negative attention because you're right. basically saying, um, yeah, I did this. But I'm going to tell you everything that was behind the scenes because, you know, I want to get my 15 minutes of fame and there are attention seekers that want that energy. Whereas it's different to talk about the show from a perspective or a production and say, no, here's what happened and how it made me feel and how I thrived or how I've been challenged by it. Right. And, you know, and one thing I, I find actually that I wanted to ask and it's kind of. Yeah, I'm going to ask it. Like, what is it? What is it the elimination process like? Because again, mm-hmm. you see for two seconds, right? Basically, right. it's like it's like a little blip. Mm-hmm. So without traumatizing you in any way, considering you face elimination, not like in the in 17, but in Ford, you right. actually had to stand in front of the yes, man who's. Times. <laughs> so what, what was that like? I mean, like, what was the actual recording of that like? And then what were, like, was it actually what you see? Because that's what I've yeah. always been curious about. I think, it, again, I don't know if I was in my own little world, but what you saw is what we did. Yes, of course, like, the ed- there's editors, and they edit. And before we sign our life away, it says, like, they can manipulate anything we say, do. Of course, yeah. Which I'm like, okay, like, it's TV. I totally get that. But, I mean, I, again, for me, it was like, when I went up for elimination, what you see is us, like, we're deliberating and screaming at each other, like, I'm not going to go up for elimination. That was all real. That was, they just caught it on camera, and then we then are ushered to, the main dining room would be have to line up. And the only thing that was like funny that was like kind of like production wise is that we were like, they were like, all right, Nick, especially if you were up for elimination, they would be like, Nick, look up. Okay. Look down. Cause you're looking at people. So they're going to edit it to like, make it look like you're pissed or like you're looking at someone. Oh. Um, and then just like, which I thought was kind of funny. I was like, whatever, I don't care. And then they said, um, that was really it. They just were like, all right, let's line up. And then like, let's just do that again. But it was never like, I was never a robot. I was never told what to say. And I was shitting my pants. Like when they were like, you're up for elimination, come forward. I was like, fuck. I was like, I'm going to get eliminated. Like it was me and one of the person literally, you know, less than five feet in front of chef Ramsey. So yeah, that was definitely, and then that was definitely scary. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, the way they showed it, it's just a shorter version of what happened. It was way okay. longer, obviously. Like yeah, we sat there and deliberated and talked about it and like, but it was, it, yeah, they just edit, edited it down. 
Okay. So all like the, the looks that we do and the drama that they catch, they put that in there and then the rest of it, mm-hmm. they leave out. Um, like there was so many times that we had so much fun in that show, like the, um, the chefs or the cast or whatever you want to call it together. And we didn't have a lot of off camera time, but when we did go back to the dorms after we were done for like the night, which would be like midnight and we were all done right. with our interviews and stuff. It we had fun. Like I genuinely did like a lot of people on the show. Um, obviously people, you know, you're not going to agree with everyone, but I kind of just disagreed to agree with everyone. And that was kind of, I was like, I'm not going to cause enemies while I'm here. Obviously there were some fights and stuff, but Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty real. I mean, again, someone else might say, no, it's so staged and scripted. But for me, they didn't make me say anything I didn't want to say. They didn't tell me something I didn't want to do. They were like, you have to do this. You have to say this. It never happened. So, yeah, my was experience, my experience. Was very positive. I'm really pleasantly um, surprised, not just surprised, but I'm happy to hear that. Actually, the guests that we've had that have been on reality TV shows, none of them has, have said that they felt like they were uh, wrongly represented or that mm-hmm. it was um, scripted, actually. And I'm, I'm, I'm surprised, but I'm also, I'm happy to hear that. Maybe, maybe that was like when reality first started. I don't know. I don't know what the difference is, but maybe they're just better at casting people now. Like maybe they know like, okay, we need to find someone that like has all these qualities we're looking for. And that like, they'll be like entertaining, but also be serious and, you know, do their job while it's there. And of course, like you want, they want the drama. So they're going to put people in there that are just willingly going to blab everything out and say whatever they want. Yep. So there's no coaxing it out of you. These people are already saying it. You know what I mean? So they just, they're really good at casting people together who they think might feud or be, do well together or whatever. Um, But yeah, there was no, there was no like, you have to say this or like Nick, look over there and say this to that person. But of course it was edited. Don't get me wrong. Right. But but I, for myself and the way I was interacting with everyone else in Chef Ramsey and other contestants was just, that's just who I was. So yeah, and also as you were saying, in terms of editing and stuff, and they've really gotten um, a formula for it. You know, when you do your mm-hmm. confessional, you're all wearing a chef coat, so they can yes. splice whatever footage they want from. They could take something like that you might have said in episode thirteen. They might say it in episode two. It might be like a blip, and you know, yep. so they can do that shit. And even if it's not the gain of rise, you're like, oh my god, like it's like that bitch, and it's like, well. <laughs> I said that in episode 13. What the hell are they doing in episode two, right? And yes. so that's what that's what they would do with the power of the edit, that they'll stage mm-hmm. stuff. But not every reality show does that either. And I've realized yes. that because my experience on, okay, you have it in the States. You know the reality show First Dates? What's it called? First Dates. Mm, I don't think so. It's basically, I think it started in the UK, perhaps. And then um, Ellen bought the rights to the American franchise. And then for about two three seasons i think they had it in in canada but in like our in my city in vancouver that's cool you, you know and so when i was on it, i was like oh my god i'm finally on a reality show this is so mm-hmm. awesome i finally hit my dream and stuff and it was very much like that you know they take it behind they don't tell you a lot of things that are going on but it was a one-time take it wasn't like a weekly series it was you're there mm-hmm. it's a couple hours of recording and then you do a post interview but the lead up before it though it was very sketchy like okay yeah. come to this hotel yeah. it was a, it was a nice hotel okay now you're gonna go up to this floor and then you're gonna go into this room and then there's like a backdrop and then there's people interviewing you and it's like oh come in your pre-date outfit and shit and you're thinking what are you doing to me right and then on my date because i they said would you have a non-negotiable of course i said yeah he needs to be cut i'm thinking oh fuck that's the one slip up that i had because i know they're gonna grill me they're gonna Mm -hmm. ask me on the date and sure enough when i went to the bathroom my our date splashed a cup like so how's it going (laughs) <laughs> how's it going i'm like we're rooting for you like you two are the most adorable thing it's a, it's great and so she's like so have you asked the question <laughs> and i'm like you mean like guess you mean that he's single he's like no like that he's cut and so i actually have to tell the date that's the question 
<laughs> I heard you the first time. I wasn't sure what you were referring to, but now I, the fact that they asked you that is ridiculous. It's hilarious though, right? So like oh the fact God. that they asked me and then I just said, oh my God. So then I actually had the state of the day specialist. I'm just letting you know, I'm a full-time yoga teacher. I'm in mm-hmm. public eye everywhere. It's a small city. Mm-hmm. And um, I know I said this to you and sure it might be a non-negotiable, but if you put this on the air and it affects my reputation, even mm-hmm. if I've signed a contract that might not liable, mm-hmm. my dad, and I'm a dad actually, so my dad is a corporate and securities lawyer. I will mm-hmm. not be afraid to actually sue your ass. Right. Right. And then I went to the washroom and called my mom. (laughs) (laughs) And they didn't put it in, though. Right. So you have to be really clear about boundaries, no matter Mm -hmm. what you sign off on, because if you really do it, it makes the show look bad. It makes the production look bad because eventually you will talk about it. Right. Right. You have a lot of control. You do have a lot of control. It's it's what you give the camera that they can take something that you don't give. Right. So I think, and obviously I wanted to say a lot, I could have said a lot more to people if I wanted to, but I was like, you know what? I, I was there to win and I, and I wanted to do a really good job. And I, again, I, I just liked a lot of the people. So I was lucky that I only had a few run-ins with some people on camera that were interesting with like with Elise and, um, and then Josh on my season four. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. So, some, <laughs> some screaming matches, but it was very like, it was mostly me sticking up for myself or someone else. So it wasn't like I started a fight or anything. Um, oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> they needed okay, something. Yeah. You know, they they loved it. Of course, they ate it up. They, like Josh and I were friendly for a lot of most of season fourteen, and then towards the end when we had to vote against each other, that's when he kind of snapped and got pissed. Which yeah. I understand <laughs> sucks to be voted against, but I, I'm not going to go home over you. Sorry, dude. Like no. So he, him and I were friendly. We were probably one of the closest in the house, even over like Michelle and I initially. And right. then when it got down to like, hey, you know, you have to eliminate each other. And he was flipped out and changed completely. But mm-hmm. no, it's true. Oh, what a cute little straight boy. Such a small. <laughs> <laughs> he's an actor now. You know, he's in commercials and it's very interesting. Doesn't surprise me. Okay. No. I would say my last question, I think, from, from a Hell's Kitchen perspective. And for those of you that don't want to know the answer, if this, if this kills the 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 ambiance of what Hell's Kitchen is, you can, you can pause the video now, but my question is when you're at the door or when they're, when they are at the doors and they're about to open, yep. do, do they know at all? Um, if- you mean the contestants, do they know if they're going to win or not? No. Okay. okay. I, I think one of the doors, they, they literally put you in place. So they, the, they know which door is going to open, obviously. Okay. Um, but, but Michelle didn't know. Okay. Like, you know, I, maybe she knew like I'm gonna win the season because she's got it in the bag, but maybe but physically doing it, no, they had no idea. Okay, because then yeah. you're like, they're like, oh my god, did we get that take? We got to do it again. Mm-hmm. I don't know no. anything like that. No, that was it. So like, there's a whole audience full of people. So they like hurt like Michelle's family, Benjamin's families, and like all the contestants, and like we're all just looking up. And it took a while. It was just kind of like, we're kind of like, okay, we're just waiting for them to do it. Let's go. But I think they were getting prepped for it. But once they opened the thing and they announced that, that was it. Okay. Amazing. So and one, there's one no music, right? one isn't. And yeah. there's no music, right? It's all quiet. Yeah, we're all just sitting there, like, and it's, it's and then we all, of course, everyone screams when the person comes through, but um, yeah, they, she had no idea. So when she opened the door and she won, obviously, genuine reaction on her face. I always feel bad for the person who doesn't get to open the door and they're standing there awkwardly behind a locked door and you're like, okay, I just lost and I have to go out there with everyone screaming for the other person and then it's like mm-hmm. the walk of shame, but. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. 
No kidding. And also, sorry, were you offered any um, remuneration for being on the show? And were you offered any additional professional opportunities from production or from from Ramsey or from Michelle? Or was it like, nope, thanks for coming on. Here's your potential remuneration for taking time off work and back back home you go. That was it. Yeah, it was literally like nice knowing you like i remember season 14 like you got like a stipend so it's it was whatever it was something really it was basically me taking time off from work it barely covered that so that was it it's not like we were paid it was maybe like a hundred dollars a day maybe to be there and but for five weeks it adds up but it's also like i'm being put through torture and i can just be at home working and make more than this but whatever got it <laughs> so, got it. it yeah it was they gave us that and that was it and then um on all stars it was the same thing but i even I was even slightly even more, I feel like, because every single contestant had like a send off um, montage of their like time on Health Kitchen. And like they look back and there's an exit interview. They were like, okay, get back in line with the rest of the peasants. And now you're yeah. going to have to. Yeah, it was like, bye. Up. Thanks a lot. Now we still yeah. got a row. Let's go. And that pissed me off too. But I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. My yeah. God. I, and it, the only thing that made me feel better is that like some of the, some of the crew, like people that were on the show, like, like the waiters and they're actual waiters, but like they're hired to come to the show. Like they were like crying when I didn't, when I like went home and I felt, I was like, that's so sweet that you feel that strongly about me. I appreciate it. Oh, I was um, fucking pissed. I was so it pissed. Seemed very, it seemed very um, sketchy when I walked off to go like basically leave because in the following day, the finale was filmed. It was weird. Something but, weird happened and I don't know what it, I will never know probably, but I did hear, you know, people say that it was whatever. Staged. It was it, that I was supposed to be in the finale and there was a mistake and everyone's pissed. And I was like, don't even tell me this because it's only going to no, make, it's going to make it even worse. Yeah. Make it, it worse. I didn't know any of that, but, but Nick, no, I had no idea. that's just a testament to you mm-hmm. that the waiters and people were crying that yeah. because of what we've, I know we're just going to fluff you up even more here, but because of, <laughs> who you are no but it's, that's that's why it's you know yeah. mm-hmm. you leave a, a real lasting amazing impression on people and that's mm-hmm. why well it's very nice to say i don't know about that but they they, they were all very sweet and <laughs> i mean, know i mean you wouldn't be doing that for everybody come on true no, no maybe they clapping be. for some people who left i'm sure no they'd be clapping yeah for people they'd, leaving, they'd, they'd be like, clapping up like good job and actually like, fuck off thanks a lot yeah, you know you made her life a living hell bye and i'm sure a lot of them they probably had that would be an interesting reality show was the servers on that show yes they they all seem very, they're all walks of life too they're all really funny have big personalities and yeah that would be a funny show <laughs> yeah and the one thing i was gonna say and hopefully i remember it now is um fuck uh what was it oh it was so good yeah exactly no um Uh, damn it no oh such a good question too oh whatever i'll come back it'll come come back (laughs) and i know we're we're already over the time that we were talking about chatting with you for and you know as we conclude our conversation with you i also just want to say we'll we'll put in our show notes about how people can vote for you because thank you um and we'll try to promote the shit out of that because we want to see you um you deserve it yeah you know, you. well, and we won't, we also, you, you get our word. We will not promote any other Hell's Kitchen contestant on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on 
Or I don't think Mary Lou's doing it, so I think you guys are good. No, and also I found my question. I remember a question. I gotta tell you though, a lot of people that go on these shows, it's better to be a runner-up than be a winner because mm-hmm. they lock you on a contract, usually last a year most, mm-hmm. and then you're done, and they don't even renew you. It's about what you do after the show, whether you win right. or don't. You're better off being like an American Idol. I know initially after Kelly Clarkson won, mm-hmm. I think they changed the agreement of the show where it's like if you win, you always hear more about the runner-up than the than the winner. Right. It's because they give you. A recording contract for one album and it's about that launch of that album to see if you can take it somewhere and if you don't they drop you and then you can't sign another recording deal for x amount of time so and when i've read about all the winners of hell's kitchen only a few of them actually are winning and doing the job that they've taking the job yeah some of them don't even get the job because they don't meet enough standards or like they get fined like what was it uh janae or whatever was was fine for like drug usage and i i'm not Mm -hmm. criticizing her but like she wasn't given that right opportunity because of she didn't pass certain tests after the show production because they found stuff out about her so it just because you win a reality show doesn't mean that you actually raise the fame it's about what you do for in the production right yeah yeah totally and so I'm, I'm now taking my time on hell's kitchen at all stars and now trying to do something with it i mean season 14 was a different story i went back i literally went back and like worked right when i got home and just like nothing ever happened but this time around i really wanted to you know take it and run with it and see if see what could happen so who knows mm-hmm. so okay when with that all being said how can people support you we'll give you a chance now to you know kind of plug plug yourself yeah. i know you youtube channel and those things but yeah. feel free to, with your yeah. Yeah. So follow me. Chef Nick Peters Bond is on pretty much all of my social media handles. Like I have like a Facebook page, Instagram, TikTok, which is very cringy. So maybe not that, but um, I, I haven't cracked a code on TikTok and I don't think I ever will. I think I'm too old for TikTok. I don't know. I'm but too old for TikTok. For Instagram, sure. Facebook. Um, and then my catering company, Kitchen to Isle Catering Events is also on Instagram. And then I have like, a I don't know what it's called, but it's like a link to all my links. Link. I feel like cool enough that I can have that now that I have several links, but what, that link to the favorite chef competition is in my bio on my Instagram, which is just chef Nick Peters bond. And I'll be spamming that with plenty of um, <laughs> videos on how to vote and all that kind of stuff. So. Awesome. Amazing. That's, and I think to hero, do you have our final, final question? Perhaps I, I do. Um, so <laughs> one of the favorite things, especially cause you are in the culinary realm, you might appreciate this. Mm-hmm. If you were a kind of juice, what mm-hmm. kind of juice would you be and why? I want to say grape juice because when I was younger, I was like obsessed with grape soda and grape juice. I don't know why. So <laughs> grape juice. I, I, I'm going to have to think about why exactly that is, but probably grape juice. I love that. A little yeah. bit of Manischewitz never hurts anybody. That's it. <laughs> grape juice, wine. I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what Manischewitz is? Not everyone does. That's true. No. Is that like a, um, no. <laughs> yes. Yes. But no, I've heard the term. Yes. But I have not known exactly what it is. Well, you actually almost hit the nail on the head in a way because it is wine. It's a type okay. of wine. <laughs> yeah, is it like table wine? It's like Jewish. It's like Jewish yeah. wine that we would have on you know high holidays and things like that. And it is incredibly sweet. So mm-hmm. as kids, we would, if we were oh, lucky, I can imagine. Yeah, if you we were lucky, we might get like a little yeah. schmeckle. Schmeckle. Little schmeckle. <laughs> <laughs> little schmeckle. Yeah. No, seriously. Amazing. Like just, I think Rachel was going to say this as well, but we both really appreciate your time, your effort and your, and your selflessness to be part of our production and our show that we're growing. And thank you for responding when I reached out to you. And it just, it really honestly made, 
it just makes me know that, you know, real people are out there and that they're making yeah. a difference in our society and that others will receive that well. And we just would love to have you back in the future if you of have course. anything to share and yeah. talk about other stuff. And really just, it means so much to me and I know to Rachel as well. So mm -hmm. really thank you for-, for Yeah, of course. For I can't wait to share this, share this episode. And yeah, I'm really excited. Thank you for having me on. And maybe when I win the twenty thousand dollars, I'll come back on. <laughs> Please do. And if you don't, then you can talk about anything more than that too. Exactly. I love okay. it. Okay. We'll, we'll correspond then. We'll figure something out. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and keep in touch. Feel free to ask any questions or message me, and keep in touch. Okay, we definitely will. And thank okay. you for being so supportive of our pages too. Of course. You're the first one of the first guests that we've had that's really done that, and that says a lot about your. I, don't, I mean, people are so weird. <laughs> I know. It's just social media, like. For me to share something and like, like I'm generally interested in your podcast and I think you guys are so cool and yeah, I, I love it. And you guys are asking me questions and it's fun and I love talking about stuff like this. So I love Amazing. it. Amazing. Okay. We'll have you back. We'll have you back. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Let me know when, I, I don't know what, when, when it airs and whatever, but let me know all that. And I'd be happy to share it and spam the crap out of it. And yeah. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm, so I'm like the techie here. So I'm probably going <laughs> when I have time, cause actually my, my other job is doing also techie stuff. So okay. I'm staring at my screen for like seven to eight hours a day. <laughs> um, so I'm going to try out this Thursday. Cool. So pretty quick. And yes. I will send you all the links and all that stuff. And we will keep in touch. And again, thank you so much. Good of course. Luck. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Nick. Thank you. All the all right. best to you. Okay. Stay safe. You too. Have a good day guys. Okay, bye. Bye.